Hello everyone, my name is Hannah Russell. I am the founder of a multi-award winning podcast business called Mags Creative and I am also the mother of a three-year-old girl called Alba and I'm pregnant with my second daughter who is due in two months. You're listening to the Mother of All Solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work with me, Laura Broderick. So welcome listeners to Mother of All Solutions. It's a beautiful sunny Friday um, and I'm delighted to be talking with Hannah Russell. So hello to you, Hannah. Hello, Laura. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. No, it's great that you've taken the time to do this. And um, I always love having conversations around careers and caring roles with mums who are doing interesting things. So would like to take a bit of a kind of deep dive into what you're up to with Mags Creative. So maybe we could start by you telling our listeners a little bit more about what Mags Creative is and yeah, what you're working on. Absolutely. Um, Mags Creative is a podcast business. So um, I started the business with my sister Faith five years ago um, and it was two of us five years ago and now there's a full-time team of 20 of us working on podcasts. So We do lots of different things within the podcasting industry. We make podcasts for platforms. So people like Spotify, people like the BBC, people like Podomo. We also make um, podcasts for brands. So we work with lots of top tier brands, whether that's Facebook or we're about to launch a new show with the Duke of Edinburgh's Award, which is the youth charity. And we also make our originals. So we work with high profile voices and faces to bring shows to life um, and kind of grow them across the industry. So yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot, but it's been a five-year journey, um, and it's it's really been exciting. Yeah, what a great range of podcasts. And interestingly, you said you founded the company with your sister. Were you working together before, or is this your first business together? So we've worked together now, I think, for about eight years. So prior to Mag's Creative, we ran another business. It was more of a tech business. It was a um, curated marketplace for for furniture. So oh wow, cool yeah, secondhand <laughs> design furniture whether that was really beautiful Danish tables or kind of vintage Swedish chairs. It was it was a really, it was a sort of niche eBay. So yeah. we ran that business for two and a half years prior to starting Mouse Creative. And the way that we had built that business was very much through content. So we were working on creating social content, video content, blog content, partnerships with influencers. We had wow. no budget. We were a completely bootstrapped startup in the tech space, which for two and a half years is you know, it was impressive. Yeah, pretty pretty tough. But the way we were able to build an audience and attract customers was through that content. We um, sold that business, that business to a competitor called Vinteria. We were then kind of still looking to operate in the content space, which is how we got into podcasting. Ah, so the pair of you kind of built your skill set, your ways of working together, ways of producing content. Amazing. And then you ventured into podcasting. Had you been an avid listener or is it something kind of just you saw an opportunity that podcasts were growing or a bit of a mixture of things? Or? It was definitely a personal preference. So we'd spent two and a half years um, building content that was all about screen time, about what mm. it looked like about views on Instagram, likes, um, and that's really important and has a huge place. But I was completely personally burnt out by it and, Mm. to be honest, sick of looking at stuff. Okay. And so finding podcasts was a real kind of haven for me. And so Mm. I discovered podcasts personally at that point and was like, oh, my goodness. 
as if you can listen to all of these incredible people from around the world <laughs> sharing, you know, the contents of their soul and their brain as opposed to what something looks like in a shiny kind of square. Yeah, yeah. And found real refuge in it. And um That's faith, so interesting, yeah. Yeah, faith was sort of similar and we would be sending each other podcast episodes all the time and yeah. I was learning so much and I think I was a bit burnt out after my first business. So there was a lot of kind of self-reflection and, you know, listening yeah, yeah. to ways of living and just a real kind of discovery period. Mm. Also with my business head on thinking, hmm, this is a thing. <laughs> it's growing market. And yeah, yeah, I probably was starting. So my son's now five and I started to listen to podcasts when I was on maternity leave mm. with him. So it's probably about the time you yeah. were setting up Mag's Creative. And I suppose maybe there was just, I mean, I know podcasts around for longer, but that sort of peak time when probably audiences were engaging a it bit more. It was, Laura. I think it was mm. sort of 2018. There was yeah, that screen. was me. <laughs> there you go. There was a bit of screen fatigue around where we'd all kind of been through the hype of, you know, what things look like and how how shiny the world is. Yeah. Um, and it felt like there was this just seismic shift toward mm. something a bit more meaningful and a bit deeper and a kind of ability to connect with people on what they have to say rather than what they look like. So... Faith and I, Faith, to be honest, more was sort of freelancing around content creation at that time. I'd taken myself off to Sri Lanka for two months to nice <laughs> figure out what I was doing. This was obviously pre kids, and we came back together and we decided that we were going to kind of try and work in the podcasting space. And then our first show that we worked on was the Deliciously Ella podcast with Ella Mills. Yeah, she had a huge audience on Instagram, and our job was to translate that into an audio audience, and it was a big hit. It went to number one straight away. Yeah, yeah, it's a huge show, show ever since. But it was a very organic starting point for the business. Um, mm. It was clear that there was an opportunity, but the ability for us to build our business kind of organically over the last five years, I could definitely couldn't have predicted at that point. Yeah. And where did the name Mags come from? Because neither, it doesn't like relate to your names, it, Hannah. And... It was actually my grandma's name. So she was the oh. Margaret, but she was always a Maggie or a Mags. Um, okay. And again, it was Faith who chose that because she thought, oh, I need something, you know, it's just going to be me and Hannah and we're just going to, we need something to call it. So that yeah, yeah. it was never intended to be um, kind of a big, brand name but she was a storyteller my okay (laughs) absolutely loved a gossip and she loved a story so it feels very fitting now that a a lot of what we do is around women and women's stories and we're a female Mm -hmm. business and you know naming it after one of the women who inspired both of us to kind of who we were feels very fitting but also in her character she was interested in kind of the nuts and bolts and the details and the stories and how to kind of keep someone interested so and I think that's a huge amount of what we do like really immersive storytelling so without trying to um kind of backwardly fit something on it it does work no I mean it's a it's an amazing story and I was just made me think back to my gran I mean she was a soap opera watcher you know if you called her when like you know Coronation Street was on it was like no not answering you know um, but yeah these strong women in our lives who've influenced us it's great that you're yeah. honoring her with the name so I love it great so moving on then I saw on your LinkedIn profile that the five-year anniversary of Max Creative and we've just heard about that but also that your daughter was turning three and you were reflecting on that I suppose two big events in your life also you were drawing some parallels around business life and parenting and 
obviously there's lots of clashes, but there's also lots of similarities and how you have to manage things. So that's why I, I was really excited when you said you'd come on the podcast, because I'd love to talk more about those points you made. Um, so just in general, do you want to say, before we get into to that a bit more, um, your company's five years, your daughter's three. As a founder, did you have such a thing as maternity leave or was it like literally just all systems go all the time? I want to know just some of the the detail of the practicalities. Mm. I did have a maternity leave and I'm very lucky because I'd founded the business with my sister. So it was a strange one. Um, My daughter Alba was born in May, 2020. So it was kind of height of the pandemic, which made things slightly unusual anyway. I was probably away from the business properly for four months. So four months off, which felt pretty significant at the Mm. time. Um, And then I sort of started to ease myself back in. And around six months, I was sort of back properly okay um and I think that was possible because Faith and I work incredibly well together yeah Faith did an amazing job of leading the business solo I can't imagine what that must have been like during the pandemic when it it was a very kind of roller coaster time during the Mm. business um and I was also able to benefit from sort of speaking to her about things that were going on without having to be in the day-to-day so we would talk frequently about challenges that the business was facing or you know how we would approach something but I could do that whilst I was on a walk with my six-week-old baby and just it 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 allowed me to feel kind of connected to the business without having to sit down and really kind of do the work to make that happen I just gave some insight and some thoughts around what you know what I thought we should do and how we should approach that so I was able to do a lot of it kind of on the phone as opposed to in front of a laptop which yeah helped me Mm. and also I know we were all stuck at home for a lot of that time and just had limited access but I suppose that the pressure of going into an office when you're returning to work is also a a benefit and yeah being completely removed so that I mean from March when I was sort of seven months pregnant we were in lockdown so I was working from home right up until Alba was born and that I think I was very privileged I was very lucky to be able to do that I went into um labor and the midwife said you look like you've been to the Caribbean because it was that really warm (laughs) and I spent the whole summer in the garden with my enormous belly um Mm. working yeah I looked very well I think when I went into labor it all went downhill after that (laughs) good start but you know (laughs) Albert's here and happy and healthy so we're all good wow so you had four months kind of core maternity leave eased yourself back in working closely obviously with your co-founder your sister and then building the business you've now as you say got a team of 20 did you say is that right um so you're doing really well so that kind of growth is exciting but it must be busy so the juggle um how do you manage that like what's your childcare setup how do you do things um it is busy and something always goes wrong which I think is just the nature of life um I Albert is in nursery three days a week okay my mum looks after her one day and my dad looks after her another day so we're very lucky we have two days of sort of parent supplied childcare. yeah um but as with every child there is always a call from nursery that she's poorly or the nursery has to close for some reason or something changes or something happens so yeah have those kind of five core days um set up mm-hmm. working pretty well I go into London two or three days a week my partner goes into London three days a week so again you're sort of juggling the the kind of commute we live out in Surrey um okay. and 
yeah, it's it's working, but it's working very much on a week by week basis, you know, yeah. sitting down on the Wednesday before the following week and saying, what's happening next week? Yeah. <laughs> well, the previous episode of Mother of All Solutions was with Lauren, and we talked a lot about that, that, you know, the co-parenting super organization that is needed. And I completely um, related to what she was saying, which is... Yeah. It's never the same. There will be networking events on one week that aren't on the next week. Yeah. Your kind of, your schedule isn't in stone. And as a founder, you're the face of the company, right? You know, you can't, I know you're sharing it with your sister, but you know, sometimes people want you and you're like, I don't have three of me. There's just (laughs) one of me. (laughs) I, you know, that's a part of the business that I um, really relish and really enjoy. So um, we met, for context at the podcast show which was a couple of weeks ago and those events are a you know massive part of what I love about business so if I wasn't able to do those um which of, often happen on an ad hoc basis I'd be really sad so I want to make the time and the space for the things that are about kind of networking and being face to face and meeting people and making connections So Hannah, one of the things you put in your LinkedIn post was around the highs and lows of business and parenting. I mean, there are obviously different highs and lows, but definitely some similarities. I'd love it if you could expand on that and say a little bit more about what you meant and maybe some examples. I mean, you couldn't get a more kind of emotive experience than being the founder of a business or, you know, having children. In my opinion, I think you really do feel things and one of the things I've learned over the five years of running Mags Creative is that in order to survive and in order to do the best job I have to find a way to in in some small way separate my identity from the performance of our business so whilst I care so deeply about the successes and the failures that we experience as a business if I were to kind of which I did in the beginning, feel those as if they were, you know, about my absolute core and humanity and who I am every single time they happen. I did that classic thing um, 10 years into my career of sending an email to the wrong person a couple of weeks ago. And you think, oh, you get 10 years into your career, you don't make mistakes like that. I made that mistake and I, I was so gutted because it just felt so stupid and so silly and so big. Um, but I think, and I felt that very deeply. Yeah. What I'm trying to say is if I felt all of those across the whole business, all of those kind of ups and downs of everyone that works at Mags Creative and all of the successes, but also all of the failures every single day, I don't think I'd be getting out of bed. So mm. I've had to kind of learn to have a little bit of professional distance from okay. absolutely everything that we achieve while still caring very deeply. And that's been a huge process of kind of separating my personal ident- identity from my professional success or failure, mm. which I think is something that a lot of founders can relate to and can struggle mm. with because mm. when you start a business, it does feel as, as if it's an extension of your soul. It feels like I'm putting something out into the world here and you know, if something goes wrong or something fails or something flops, it's me that's failing or flopping or not doing well. And it's it's sort of, it can feel very personal. And I think with motherhood, there is also parenthood there is also a kind of similar highs and lows and I haven't yet learned to Mm. separate my identity from you know the happiness and kind of well-being of my daughter and I'm not sure I will Mm. um 
but you know you really do go on on that roller coaster of the the amazing experiences that you have um versus some of the more difficult times when you know it's mm. really hard it's hard, so hard being a parent it's so hard kind of mothering and yeah yeah it wasn't something that came naturally to me so I think those highs and lows yeah you really kind of ride them out and I'm trying yeah and I think you know a lot of it is we're sort of given this idea that it will come naturally and then actually managing your own emotions amongst all of their emotions is actually really hard and you know the advice you know take two minutes just move away before you (laughs) shout at them or get frustrated and you're like oh no but I didn't I just got really annoyed with them in the world that's how we would all react all the time but when you're busy and sleep deprived and Mm. there's a lot going on it's very difficult to take take that advice but it's interesting yeah. how you're handling it that sort of professional separation so well in your business with mags and then well, it's taken five yeah. years because okay. to me two or three years in there would have been none of that so I think it's really been a very conscious process through mm. kind of thinking about the business and thinking about how I want to live my life and mm-hmm. trying very hard to build some sort of resilience to mm. professional ups and downs it definitely doesn't come naturally to mm. me I'm a you know, perfectionist. I want okay. everything to be brilliant all the time. I want to win. Um, yeah. All of those very classic traits. So founder traits, right? Founder traits, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I am curious, Hannah, like if you had to deep, deep in your own soul, if you had a business coach or somebody like, or read a lot or listened to a lot, like how have you got um, to that point? I had a business coach for a little bit. I think that's incredibly helpful. I'm very into therapy and talking but talking to someone who is you know a professional and who I have to pay because otherwise I would just bore the ears off of all of my friends and I'd have none left if I (laughs) I have so many feelings if I talk to them about my feelings every time we met up I'd be lonely um so yeah I have I had a therapist I still go and see my therapist I had a coach for a while I'm really interested in listening to other people's stories I listen to a lot of found a podcast I listened to a lot of happy place with Fern Cotton mm-hmm. a lot of how to fail with Elizabeth Day I think everything you know when you're in that open kind of phase of mm. something does need to change or I've identified something that maybe isn't quite working you can find insp- or I can find inspiration in so many mm. places from other people's stories I always mm. kind of take something away from someone else's life experience mm. That's why we both like podcasting, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just got to work on the, how do we access that space with parenting? And maybe you never do. Maybe just because they are your kids, it's just almost too emotive that I you just know. can't. I would love, if there's a podcast out there that we should be listening to about that, I think that's... Um, <laughs> we'll make it, Hannah. We'll make it, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, so interesting. And then moving on, your second point. So we've covered roller coaster. Your second point was about boundaries, like being really careful about boundaries boundaries at work and boundaries at home yeah just say a little bit more Hannah Mm. well I think when you have a toddler you realize that one of the key kind of facets of parenting is holding a boundary um and perhaps it's not something I was particularly good at before and you have to because otherwise you live in an absolute chaos universe um and it made me think about how parenting and having a child has just made my boundaries firmer necessarily. You know, I I work until five o'clock and then I get the train and I go home and I pick my daughter up from nursery. And then sometimes I'll log in 
when she's gone to bed at about half seven for a couple of hours. But those kind of non-negotiables in terms of timing, mainly timing and availability mm. have been an absolute godsend for me because I am so efficient <laughs> because I know yeah. that, you know, pre-kids that five o'clock walking out of the office mm. might have been six o'clock because I would have had a chat with someone and I would have done something else and I might have, you know, faffed around for a little bit longer which and there's nothing wrong with that but it has certainly focused my time and my attention on achieving what I need to achieve in an allotted period of time Mm. Um, and I think it also makes you very brutal about what is worth your time in a setting Um, and I don't mean that in a in any sort of snobby sense but what what I spend my time on what anyone at creative spends their time on needs to be worthwhile because you know we all time is our as a you know society time is one of our most finite precious resources and so if I am working on something I want to feel that there is a point to it and a purpose Mm -hmm. kind of I I sort of see where we're going with it so I'm very brutal about you know what we what Mm. we spend time on and, and trying to be very focused on that as well sounds like you're quite a decisive person is that something you've been for a while or if you had to develop your skills in that or no I think I've been pretty decisive forever which I think has certainly helped me Mm. um it's one there's a saying which I now can't attribute in my head but um in the world of kind of business making a decision is much better making a decision even if it's the wrong decision is better than not making a decision for a long period of time because ultimately you make that decision you learn from it if it's the wrong one you learn quicker than if you fanny around for you know three months and you don't do anything so yeah I very much believe that and I think it it doesn't always work out because you don't always make the right decisions Um, but at least you're kind of moving yeah and you learn from that and you put it right or move on or whatever it is no it's great and obviously having boundaries as the founder when it's your company and being able to say right I am cutting off at five because I've got to get my daughter by six or whatever um is great I mean I know obviously other people listening will be like but I'm not the boss so I don't always get to create those boundaries in the same way I'm incredibly privileged to be able to do that and I would hope that the culture that we have created at our business allows that across the board so Mm. there is very much a culture within our business of it's not bums on seats we have a lot to do and when we're working we get a lot done we're very efficient but if you need to go you need to go Um, and I don't think that's the case across the board I haven't worked in another business for a very long time so I can't speak from experience but I do really recognize that that is an enormous privilege Um, and I think as a founder you know you have to recognize that you are mm. at the tone, but you should also then be able to kind of uphold that tone for people across the board. Mm. Um, so, yeah, as I said, it, it may be that I walk out of the office at five, but and I wouldn't advocate this for everyone. But if there are things that need to happen in the evening, to me, I actually really like doing a couple of hours, you know, from half seven because no one's after me. Yeah. I can get on top of my inbox I can sort of have a think it feels like a little bit of a more spacious way to work yeah and I've worked that out and that works for me whereas for someone else it might be actually I just prefer to do my you know get things done and leave and then completely yeah. off and be for, forget about it so I think kind of working out who you are and yourself and how you work as you get older in your kind of professional mm-hmm. life is really important 
Yeah, and it's interesting, your boundaries that you have to set, whether it's family responsibilities or el- what else, but also your personal rhythms and styles of working yeah. and peak and times. being fine with that, you know? Mm. Yeah. Okay that we're all different and yeah. work inside. It doesn't mean that we can renege on professional commitments because you're like, you know what, actually, I just don't fancy getting up this morning. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't feel like it. Um, but when you can and where you can to be able to lean into that rhythm, I think is quite powerful. Yeah, great. Um, boundaries at home, <laughs> a bit harder? <laughs> Much harder with a toddler, Christ. Um, yeah, my daughter is amazingly strong-willed and charismatic and she's going to be an incredibly strong woman when she's <laughs> which you want yeah, yeah. Well, I tell myself every time she's pushing my boundaries she's going to be a strong girl she's going to be a strong woman um but yeah those I I you know have to try very hard to hold firm boundaries with her in a way that is kind and gentle and not um kind of shouting at her but it's tough it's so tough mm. to that with a, with a three-year-old whose brain isn't fully formed yet and who just wants mm. what they want and they don't yeah. want to you know so um it's it's definitely um harder at home than it is mm. at home. I think your example on LinkedIn was around snacks and I know I'm terrible at boundaries with snacks I'm like yeah just have the snacks and then <laughs> other things I'm like better at but you know there's different things that we yeah, our buttons get pushed in different ways as well, don't we? We might not get yeah. all the boundaries right. No, God, no. But, and, you know, like everyone has their own triggers, right, with parenting. It's mm. Whether it's snacks or screen time or bedtime or clothes or whatever yeah. it is, me and my partner have slightly different hard triggers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, for him, it's screen time. Um, I don't know what it is for me, but you, I'm sure he All can, the other stuff. All the other stuff, everything else. Yeah, exactly. Oh, great. Okay. So yes, the next one then, Hannah, that you you mentioned was be where you are. I like that. So wherever you are, business or at home, being present. Yeah, say more. <laughs> um, I have found this really game-changing. If I am going to work, I am going to work and I feel much happier at the end of that day if I have been in the place that I am, um, which sounds a little bit izzy-wizzy and like it should be in a sort of book of Tibetan quotes. But um, what I mean is if I'm at work and I'm constantly thinking about what Alba is doing or if she's okay. And I mean, obviously, again, this is not cut and dry. If she's poorly or if she's going through a rough time or she started a new nursery recently and she's had a lot of feelings around that. So it's much harder in that scenario to enact this. But I have identified that the days that I enjoy my life the best are when I am not thinking about being somewhere else. So if I do leave work at five o'clock and I collect my daughter at 5.45 from nursery Mm. and I'm still thinking and acting as if I'm at work we have a horrible evening and and if I'm at work and you know I'm there for however many hours in the office and I'm thinking about my daughter the whole time or I'm on my phone or I'm whatever I don't achieve anything and so I'm doing Mm. those things really badly so I really try very hard to focus on being in the place that I'm in and I have Mm. found it kind of quite game-changing for me Mm because you're yeah otherwise you're you're doing both things badly but Mm. in lots of cases it's easier said than done um and it's also difficult you know when you you have a big work situation and it does evening because you can't 
you know, we're not robots. You can't just switch things off. But mm. to, to be aware that I know that I generally have a happier time when I manage mm. to do that is something that means that I'm kind of striving to achieve that, not always getting it right. No, it's super interesting. It's something I've been thinking about a lot as well, because often I'm quite good at the boundaries with work, although it's been an incredibly busy week of work this week. But then my podcast, because it's my side project, bleeds into sometimes my time with the kids. And then I'm like, oh, no, I shouldn't have been doing that. I shouldn't have been on my phone when I should have been playing. And yeah, so we do all have to be conscious of it because I think it is important for your own mental health as the parent as well. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're juggling so much, you get in a spin as well as not being as productive or as loving or whichever it needs to be at the time. So, yeah, really good point you've made. Um I'm going to think on it <laughs> and act on it as well, not just think on it. And I think it was your daughter's third birthday and you were at Peppa Pig World. Oh, I have done it. I have done it. How was it? I mean, it was a Wednesday. I took the day off work. It was a Wednesday. So it was very quiet. There were no queues. Amazing. It. Luckily, it started to rain about two o'clock. So we had to go home. Oh, so, nice excuse. You know, we had a good couple of hours there. Then we had to leave. I probably won't go back unless the second is also very into Peppa Pig, in which case I feel like I have to. But yeah. You know. Both ch- children have to have the same, right? Same. Um, <laughs> and on that point, you said you're seven months pregnant. Yes. Yeah. So dare I say, what's your plan? I know these things will change. We can't plan exactly what babies are going to do. But what what are your thoughts as a founder? Um, I'm due at the end of August. Um, and again, who knows what that means when mm-hmm. it will arrive. Um, but I intend to take a couple of months off and then go back to work on a kind of one to two days basis this side of the year. And then start of next year, look at going back, kind of easing myself in again. It really worked for me last time. Yeah, um, yeah. Not having that kind of cut and dry, you know, I'm off and then I'm on full yeah. time. So, um, and we have at the business really luckily now an amazing management team um, for people who will be able to run the business during that period. So I don't feel concerned about that I just Mm -hmm. like my job and so I'm you know I'm unless something massively changes in terms of how the pregnancy goes or the birth you just never know but I am excited to do both yeah uh, yeah and I will do my best to do it and will your second you said another girl your another girl another girl yeah um are you already lined up with nursery place for her and all that shenanigans and (laughs) well to start with we're gonna have a nanny one day a week yeah um, yeah and then she'll go to the same nursery that my daughter goes to which is you know really nice and they'll have a bit of time together before my elder daughter starts school in September of next year September of next year great So yeah, but as much as these things, right, we can plan, but it sounds like a good routine that you, you're, you're hoping for. I mean, yeah. who knows? It, never, it never works out, does it? And also the idea of kind of, you know, keeping things, as I said, be where you are. I'll probably not be where I am at all for the <laughs> first few months because you're in a little bit of a haze, but yeah, um, that's, that's what we're planning for at the moment. Great. And it's great that you've got the, I know you've got the transition period, but the nursery place at the same nursery because I know lots of people have been saying they've been struggling to get the nursery places and to match up mm-hmm. so it sounds like as as far as it can go we're looking good <laughs> talk to me in um in a year's time Laura and yeah if it works out or not and then you'd be like oh I'm in the nightmare of two children no yeah. <laughs> 
here we go. <laughs> the roller coaster again, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The cycle of your points. <laughs> oh, well, Hannah, it's been great to learn more about that. And just to end, I thought it'd be really nice. You've already mentioned some podcasts that you listen to and what you like from a listening experience. Um, but yeah, just any more things that, you know, as you're pushing the pram second time round, you know, what are you going to be uh, putting in your headphones? What's what's well, coming up? What am I listening to at the moment? Um, I am listening to Scamander at the moment, which is a kind of scam story real life narrative very interested in that um we at mags creative are launching a new show this summer with the duke of edinburgh's award so the duke of edinburgh's award is um generally a kind of um awards program for young people aged 14 to 24 and we've made a podcast which has been made by young people for young people amazing it's been quite the endeavor we've had around 30 young people in that age group range so from 14 to 24 and the kind of concept development production recording hosting creating the music um and we're launching that in the next couple of weeks so I have only just heard the trailer and I'm really excited to hear the rest of that show because it's quite different yeah it's, we've been really excited to work on as a business um and yeah, it sounds really cool. Oh no, that sounds really cool. And I always it always makes me smile when the bracket of young people is huge. It's like, you know, a 14-year-old versus a 24-year-old. It's it's not just you guys, it's everywhere. It's yeah. Like... You have to work on that as well because you're appealing to, you know, 14-year-olds and 24-year-olds, like 14-year-olds who are thinking about starting their GCSEs versus 24-year-olds who are in the world of work and different. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's been one of the main challenges actually is like exactly. finding the content that appeals across such a broad yeah. age range. It'd be super interesting because I know even with like podcasts aimed at kids, they've got to appeal to the parents as well. You know, is that sort of how do you get both going? So no, I will look out for Scamander. I've not heard of it and I will... Um, definitely be listening to your your new podcast with the Duke of Edinburgh's award so thank you amazing well Hannah how can people keep in touch with you what are your socials for mags or you personally um you can find the business at magscreative.co.uk um and on instagram we are mags.creative amazing and I'll put those in the show notes as well for listeners so thank you again to you Hannah and now you can get outside and enjoy the sunshine Uh, (laughs) go and listen to something as you're just walking out no pram pushing today but just as you're walking out so thank thank you you. so much Laura it's been a pleasure great and thank you everyone for listening to Mother of All Solutions today I'm your host Laura Broderick and you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter as at Solutions Mother If you've enjoyed the episode, it would be lovely if you could leave a little rating and a review and subscribe for future episodes. Um, We've also got lots in the the archive in the past episodes. I mentioned Lauren's, that's the tech entrepreneur. That was the most recent past episode. Do take a listen to that one and any others that take your fancy. So have a great day. I hope it's sunny where you are. And um, yeah, stay well. Thanks. Bye-bye.